0: Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me as always is my co-host Chuck Bailey. How do?
1: How do? I'm here, as always, as always, I am here. As always. Correct. I resent you changing the introduction to include, as always, to include Mr. Ian Stimson, because quite frankly... He's not always here, is he? No, he's
0: missed two now, or this is
1: the third? This this will be the third. Um, I believe he's finally sent his son off to join the North Korean army, and (laughs) as such is out celebrating with his wife. So yeah, it's fair enough.
0: Yeah, he's having a much better time than we are right now, but we do have someone to help us fill in the void. What? With us on the other line is... The one, the only, Dave Mateo Wap Wap wap! What's up boys? Mateo.
2: Your special guest is just getting terrible. You've gone from Emily Peak last week to me.
1: Yeah. Doctor to Pleb? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well they say you
0: never forget your first Dave, and you are our first ever guest, so you're forever in our hearts.
1: Yeah, and like you first, just sticking around like a bad rash. <laughs> Flare up every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, every so often you'll just come back and it'll be kind of painful, but we know it'll be yeah. over soon. So
0: Yeah, well, we are happy to have you, um, as well as all the listeners. If you are joining us because you listened to our Game of Thrones Super Mega Special Spectacular and you enjoyed that, Sorry to say, we are going back to our usual topic of soccer slash football, depending on what country you're from. Chuck, you're outnumbered this week with soccer.
2: Nah, it's football. Oh, you call it football. All right,
0: never mind. (laughs) 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 But yeah, thanks for joining us. We will go through the usual format uh, with a couple of minor changes this week. Uh, We're going to do the news. We're going to do some main story bits. Uh, This week, we're going to skip on the fixture previews because we're in the middle of fixtures right now. We're recording on Tuesday. And there are fixtures tomorrow and then more coming up on the weekend. Um, By the time this comes out, everything will kind of be all jumbled up with the double game weeks and the blank game weeks and all that stuff. Um, So we'll just probably go straight to predictor games and listener feedback and all that good stuff and call it a day. Try to keep it nice and short for Ian so he doesn't have to do too much editing.
1: Yeah, let's be nice to him for once. He does such a good job. Well, he does a job at least. Yeah, well, you know, let's not kick him while he's down. He's just sent his son off to North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> did everyone get their uh avengers tickets as well today dave it's
0: 6 30 over there so i don't know if you woke up to this but avengers tickets went on sale about five hours ago
2: no nah, i'm an awful nerd i just wait till like four weeks after and the cinemas are empty and then go
1: what yeah yeah see i get that
2: yeah the only movies i go get pre-order tickets for a star wars opening night
1: sure 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 yeah sure. i get that because i I don't know. I'm always caught in two minds because part of me thinks, yeah, I'm paying this money, so I'd like to see it first. But another part of me thinks, I'm paying all this money, I'd like there to be no one else there to bother me. Yeah. So I've been to I've been to Avengers films on like the opening night. I'm going to see Captain Marvel on the day it closes this week. So it's a nice balance. And I bought I bought uh, double bill tickets, so it'll be like Infinity War. And then when Infinity War finishes at one minute past midnight, then they'll start Endgame. That'd be quite cool. Good luck with
0: that, because Endgame's going to be three hours and Infinity War is two and a half. So that's like a, quite the marathon session there. Hope you bring a nice, comfortable seat cushion. See, I love an opening night crowd. I'll I, So like let, it comes out on a Friday technically, but they always have like a 6 p.m. showing Thursday night and then like a 10 p.m. showing Thursday night. I love that 6pm Thursday night showing because it's all like super intense mega nerds who are like really into it as much as I am, but they're so intense that no one brings their douchebag friend who's like, who's that? What's that? What did they say? And who like leads to the bathroom. It's all like people who are taking it very seriously.
2: Yeah. You also have a cinema just full of B.O. there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just bad body odor and just, yeah. just moist, just a moist atmosphere. Moist, hairy <laughs>
2: men everywhere.
1: Yeah. That's why we're all going.
0: All right, well, to jump into our news segment, which we call the Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story this evening, Neil Warnock on the radio jokes his wife had said yesterday had he punched the referee, she wouldn't have stopped him.
1: There we go. This is how things have gotten in the Warlock household, that they're just condoning violence. Disgusting. Deserved or undeserved? I mean... Should you just punch, get to punch someone because they're shit at their job? Uh, well, under my dictator of the world system where you get three punches a day, you sure can. Yeah, this is true. But that's, you still, whether you can or not, you know, physically able, morally, yeah.
2: I'm going to throw out a different idea. That she wants him to punch him so he gets locked up and she doesn't have to deal with him anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
1: This is true Or is it just Warlock being very clever With circumventing the I can't criticize the referee rule (laughs) It was my wife My wife said that he did a shit job And my wife said
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, yeah
1: I wonder if his wife can get fined In a a touchline ban I mean, he did say in his post-match That the Premier League was the best league in the world With the worst officials in the world (laughs) He's not wrong Oh, I don't know, he should come and watch some Australian League then There's an A-League referee that's moving over here, isn't he, to the championship. So, you know, the Aussies are moving over, so it can't all be that bad. Yeah, they are. Or does it say something that all the English refs are even worse than the Aussie one? That is possible.
0: (laughs) It's not a good look either way. You guys need some American refs. Americans love rules and being annoying and sticklers for it. I feel like American refs are actually pretty good. Uh, To take it to our next story, Chuck... They played a fucking game at the Tottenham Stadium. No, I don't believe you. Well, sort of. Paul Gascoigne among the Spurs legends in the final test game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Paul, Paul who?
1: How do you say his name? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Gascoigne. Gascoigne. There Paul you go. Paul Gascoigne, England legend. The man with the dentist chair. Yeah, yeah, I remember the story. Yeah, so it's a bit weird that they finally get this stadium back and then the first thing that is played at it isn't the Tottenham team. Well, it was a Spurs Legends
0: team. There was 45,000 fans there, so a full house for a match where Spurs Legends, featuring Jurgen Klinsmann, David Ginola, I don't know, Uh, played against an Inter Milan side, led by former boss Jose Mourinho. So Jose's back, too.
1: Jose's back in England, out of Russia, back in England.
2: Yeah. Does it have how much cheese they sold?
1: (sighs) I mean, (sighs) apparently there is no cheese room, and there never was. And I just can't buy that for a minute, that that, was, that could have even got out there if it wasn't feasible, that it would happen. And I really want to go just to know if it, there is a cheese room, guys. Maybe they heard you're
2: coming and they're like, we can't let Chuck in, just say it wasn't real.
1: We were, Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, we're such social media influencers, they probably heard about us and got all big time. and We're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to disappoint these guys. Yeah, they just shut us down because we were getting too big. We were big in like France, Norway, Uganda, um, Barbados, everywhere. And so, you know, the Camembert 365 dream had to end.
0: It's no good. It's like when uh, you get to high school and they tell you that there's a swimming pool on the roof, but it's only for seniors. Did they do that in your school? No. That's like an American thing for sure.
2: I never went to a school that was good enough to believably have a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, or that had roofs. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> they haven't invented roofs in Australia yet.
2: No, we just have to put kangaroos over ourselves.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you just cop in the pouch and go to school. Yeah. Makes sense. Our next story, to keep it with Spurs, Mauricio Pochettino has no doubt that Tottenham will qualify for the Champions
1: League. Dave, do you have no doubt or do you have some doubt?
2: Everyone has doubt, right?
1: He should definitely have some doubt.
2: Their only hope is that everyone below them is worse.
0: Correct. Which, given their recent form, no reason to think that.
1: Um, I mean, where are they at the minute? They're fourth now below Arsenal, aren't they?
0: Yep, and I'm pulling up the Premier League yep. projections for 538 right now. And it has them at 60% to make the top four. So not quite a coin flip, but certainly not a sure bet.
1: But they were also, you know, not too long ago, quite close to being, like, they were They were fairly close third favorites to win the league.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now they're not even favorites to come in third. Arsenal's no. above them and looks likely to stay above them, according to the projections.
1: And it's going to come down to Tottenham and Chelsea, really. It's three points between sixth and third now. So, as much as you could be the pessimist about this, Chelsea could still finish in third. Man United could leapfrog Tottenham as well, so Tottenham could end up finishing sixth. Chances are they'll go out of the Champions League to City, uh, and then, oh god, there's too many permutations to work out.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There was the one we talked about where Chelsea win the Europa League, and then they come in fourth, and they don't actually get to make the Champions League, which would be my favorite. That's definitely my favorite permutation. Of course it would be. But that seems like you're tempting fate there to be like, oh, I've got no doubt. We're definitely going to do it. Like... Why would you invite that on yourself? Seems
2: weird. It might just be trying to, like, actually give the players that sort of edginess that they need. Like, you, I expect this, do this.
0: Yeah, that's true. High expectations, right? Yeah. I think what they really need, if they're going to get anything, is some, a new set of legs for Harry Kane if they really want to make sure they finish in fourth place, because that dude cannot stay off the injury list.
1: Nah, he's turning into... Who's the kid from... Christmas carol, a little boy, Tiny Tim. Tiny he's Tim. it's Tiny Tim, and his legs don't work, and everyone thinks he's, he's going to be okay, but in the end it's not, and it's sad.
2: That's a product of him just playing nonstop for five years at this point, right?
1: Yeah, it's and he was never
0: like the healthiest person to begin with, but he's never gotten anything like a break at all.
2: And Pochettino teams are ridiculously like high fitness levels. Yeah. Like, he works every player into the ground.
1: Yeah, and then they don't buy any new players, so... I know, they have a self-imposed two-window transfer ban.
2: I have a theory that that was actually smart from them. Oh, let's hear it. So, the last two years, you've known City are going to win and Liverpool are going to win, right? Like, that's kind of a given. But you knew City and Liverpool were going to be the top two teams, and there were those squads are noticeably better than every other team in the league. Sure. All if right. you're... Tottenham, who are in that third spot, surely you save your transfer funds to splurge when those two are slightly going downhill, and you pick it up.
1: In theory, but they've also had massive outgoings potentially because of the stadium, so right. there's also that side of the fair play where they just physically couldn't spend any money. Because they just kept paying for repairs and repairs on their broken stadium. (laughs) More contractors and more pitches and less space on the corner flag. Removing the cheese room. Removing the cheese room. God, it cost them all that money to put it in, but, you know, getting that cheese out of there. Sealing up the leak. Did you
0: see that video on Twitter a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. It was just
1: flooding the whole basement like a water pipe just burst. (laughs) I'm willing to bet the heat wave melted all the cheese over here. And that's what happened. That's why they got rid of it. They just had to board up the room rather than remove anything.
0: <laughs> just like an empty cavern full of rotting cheese in their stadium that someday, a uh-huh. hundred years from now, someone's going to find it. Yep, just bricked it up. Bricked it up.
2: Maybe they're aging the cheese themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just started
0: with milk. And hopefully in a hundred years, it'll be cheese. Uh, all right, well, let's keep it going. Our next story, Lionel Messi done a Panenka, but... It wasn't a Penenka penalty, it was a free kick. Did you see this?
1: How? How? How how does how thing... He's just the greatest player ever. He sure is. I don't see any argument,
0: like, personal issues with Cristiano Ronaldo aside. Like, just even on the field. I don't think
1: it's even close. Like, it's gotta be messy. How How do you do that? How do you do, like, a tiny, dinked free kick from, like, the very edge of the box... And it just drops over the wall, and and between two players that are just like, nah, this can't be. Oh shit, it's a ha- goal.
0: It was ridiculous. It, uh,
1: he's amazing. That's it. We don't need to say anymore.
0: Dave, how's the temperature down there? As far as the hot takes on Messi and his greatness.
2: I don't know. There's a lot of you know. There's still your Cristiano fans, but I think at this point, how can you argue against Messi? Right. His one detraction is his international career.
0: Right. Which is such a ridiculous thing because, like, you can't hold that against him. I don't see how anyone holds that
1: against him. And hasn't Portugal's best achievement come when Ronaldo wasn't on the pitch? Correct. He was on the bench. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, Messi's had to play alongside Gonzalo Higuain for all these years. Like, that's such a handicap. It's unfair to compare that. Like,
1: Yeah, but he also got to play with Sergio Aguero. So it's like, how does that?
0: That's true. Maybe those two kind of counteract each other. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But like the cheek, the fucking pure cheek on the kid, the guy, I guess he's older than me, to fucking take a panenka (laughs) on a free kick. Like what? I don't have you ever seen anything that cheeky, like straight up?
1: No, only like those fake penalty routines where like someone goes down to like tie up their shoe and kicks the ball with the other foot as it comes down. No, that was just filth utter filth i watched it about 20 times in a row just mind blown
0: yeah and i love how Valverde comes afterwards and he says he had no idea Lionel Messi was gonna do that (laughs) quote i had no idea what he was going to do i'd love to say it's something we planned but it's not like that he didn't pay attention to me and then he scored a goal like (laughs) yeah no shit you didn't plan that who practices Panenka free kicks like
1: no and who would tell Lionel Messi what to do anyway yeah, like just get out of his way and let him do what he does. It's just at training sessions, you'd just be like, oh, just, yeah, just there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, between that and the ridiculous chip of a keeper on his line a couple of weeks ago, I think he's just like really feeling himself. It's been a few years since Messi was just like nonstop every day. I check Twitter and it's like, Messi did a hat trick. Messi did this, Messi did that. He had that one year where he scored like a thousand goals. A thousand, right? But it's been a while a since he's like, he's really playing at his highest level again on an individual basis, and it's, like, just phenomenal to watch.
1: Yeah, especially at 34 years old, I want to say. It's obscene. The guy's a machine monster. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, next story. UEFA President calls for referees to stop games in the case of racial abuse from fans.
1: Chuck, do you think they'll literally ever do that? I think there's... Already some sort of system in place because some maybe not with UEFA, but I remember there being some game where Carlo Ancelotti was involved or or someone and there was there was racial abuse and you get it's like a three-strike rule, and the first time the referee will stop the game. And they'll play an announcement. The second time, the referee will pull all the players in and the manager together, and then they'll do a second announcement. And the third time, the game is cancelled.
0: Yeah, I I remember this
1: happening in, like, Turkey, where people were throwing, like, bananas or something. I'm having, like, a vague memory of it. And there there does seem to be... I I mean, you can never tell with these things, because it's always how much do the press cover it. But there does seem to be a massive resurgence in horrendous incidents. Um, Yeah. Obviously, recently with the England game in um montenegro there's been uh stuff with raheem sterling be that at chelsea or there's been abuse at arsenal games um and and a few others just just everywhere italian league german league i think yep chelsea when they've
0: traveled in europa have had three different matches with like abuse issues and the other teams getting penalties
1: and all that yeah so i, I think that, that it's just everywhere there there has to be some sort of thing to get involved i mean the premier league have just launched this new racism initiative uh i can't remember what it's to what it's exactly called now but to try and 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 prevent it but yeah just canceling the game you know it's one way of of trying to prevent it as as much as as much as you can
0: yeah the the quote from the uefa president is the moment a match is stopped or it's not played i think that 90 percent of normal people in the stadium would kick the asses of those idiots it's 2019, not a hundred years ago. We will yeah. speak to the referees and tell them to be confident and not be afraid to ask. So I like that he's talking
1: about people getting their ass kicked. I mean, he's the president of UEFA. Like. Yeah. Vigilante justice. Vigilante yeah, yeah. Bring him out onto the center pitch and um, flay them.
0: Yeah. And it is like, it sucks. This was in response to the Callum Hudson-Odoi thing, which like, He's a kid, he's making his England debut, he plays really well, gets an assist, has like six take-ons, all this stuff. And like the story after the match is not, congratulations, you had a great match, it's your first match, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, oh, talk to us about the racism. And like mm-hmm. to put a mar on his like debut just sucks. Like it sucks that that happened to him and it's, it's nice that like the people in charge are finally starting to like actually say stuff about this and take action about it and hopefully cracking down more because he's right it is 2019 like fuck off mm-hmm. there's no place for it in society and at least we can control people in the stadiums if not everywhere
1: else like no and and southgate when when he addressed it after the the England game was was really quite eloquent with it and and was very clear and said you know I don't understand uh, I can't claim to be an expert on this because you know I'm a middle class white person but what really needs to happen is the education you know if we can keep banning people or throwing it around but then it can just create some sort of rage or or anger within that kind of side of things or within a community of people and it's we just got to find a way to educate people and the the dumb fact of it is should you ever have to educate someone that the color of their skin matters you, you know it's it's a game of football let let people go let people go about their life regardless of, of how they look or, or or what have you and it's just pretty sad exactly like you said that that again and again and again in all kinds of instances from all different angles has to be a story. Um So the, the sooner that changes and, and whatever can speed up that process, the better, really.
0: Yeah, sounds good. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for our news stories this week, which means it is time to talk about the Premier League. We have... A couple of ways to go here. We could talk about the relegation race, we could talk about the title race, or we can talk about the referees. Dave, you are esteemed guest of honor. Which one would you like to begin with?
1: Uh let's go relegation. Let's go. We have Crystal Palace, the Dream Killers. Three seasons in a row we have relegated a team. Thank you very much. Yes we have. <laughs> and hasn't
2: Van Arnholt scored in every one of those games?
1: He has scored the final goal in every single one of those games. So the last three seasons, it was against Huddersfield, against West Brom, and against Hull. And albeit the whole game was 4-1, I think West Brom was 3-0. Um, and interestingly, that's that Van Aanholt goal is what won Oscar our draft league last year. Um, yeah. And we watched that game together in New York. And then, yeah, they this year... Drinking
0: at like 8.30 <laughs> a.m.
1: Yeah. Just pounding Bud Lights. That was a good time. Like Davies now. Um he says as he drinks from his own beer. Fuck it, it's the evening. It's acceptable. Um <laughs> Yeah, Huddersfield, you took you were a placeholder in the Premier League. A team we had to scroll past.
2: I'm I'm shocked they stayed up for a season, honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean it's there's so many shit teams in the Premier League that it some some really bad ones stay up every year. And you just kind of got to hope that you're not one of the ones that ends up
1: going down.
2: Yeah, but I think people forget that Huddersfield weren't even one of the best championship teams of the year they came up.
1: No, they really they really kind of muddled their way through and just about got in. Didn't they go through the, uh, through the playoffs?
2: So they beat Sheffield Wednesday in the first round in a huge upset. And then I forget who they beat.
1: <laughs> Hugely upsetting for you.
2: Yeah, and then I blanked <laughs> out the rest of what happened. And they beat someone in the final, but they weren't they were like the fifth best team and they were a long way to fifth best team. Like they weren't near the top three.
1: Yeah. But it it could just happen, especially through the playoffs. It's, it's such a lottery at that time, isn't it? It's the, once you get to knockout yeah. games, but I suppose for the last few years, you know, if you look at last season, the three teams that got relegated was Swansea, Stoke and West Brom. So it was very much kind of ridding the premier league of a, of a lot of those kind of clubs anyway. And it's like you said, because everything was so tight down there and everyone was so crap that it's it, it feels like Huddersfield did better than they really did or were better than they actually were.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at this year, Burnley look like they're going to fucking stay up again. God damn it. Like, they're so fucking bad, but they're still going to stay up because there's just so many other shit teams. To run through Huddersfield's stats real quick since they're officially relegated now... After 32 matches played, they've won three. No good. <laughs> Drawn five and lost 24. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, they've scored 18 goals. That's
1: the worst. Yeah. That's the worst stat of all. Yeah, because that is a full 10 less than the second worst team. They have, in as teams with Premier League stints, because they've only been in the Premier League for two seasons, so the last two. Over those two years, they've only scored in 58% of their games. And it's like the worst, or they haven't scored in 58%. It's like the worst ratio of any team ever. It's 18 goals in 32 games.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, 59 conceded. Um, And in terms of their expected numbers, they should have scored 23.5 according to XG. So they're a little underperforming there. Um, Which they scored 10 less than the second worst team. But in terms of their XG, they're only 7 less than the second worst team. (laughs) So it's still pretty fucking terrible. Uh, no, so I want to take a guess who's the second worst team on XG for the season? Burnley. It's got to be Burnley. Nah, Burnley are, like, sixth worst. Brighton. Yep, there it is. Brighton (laughs) with 31 XG. XGA, Huddersfield are the worst. Again. Oh, no, I lied. They're not. They are at 53 XGA. They're teams with 55, 58, and 62. Burnley, of fucking course, are below them. West Ham, holy shit didn't realize their defense was so bad, 56
1: XGA for West Ham, and Fulham at 63, which they are the worst defense, so that makes sense. You know what I've found really weird? Like, you mentioned West Ham there, and it kind of pivots from the bottom of the league being so shit. It's also, like, the middle of the league, because everyone's, you know, we'd all say Wolves, arguably, yes, have had an amazing season because they have been a promoted side and they've just come up. Like, would anyone say Leicester have had a good season? No. But they're above Everton, Watford, West Ham. Everyone's been saying Watford have had a great season, but they're on basically the same points as West Ham, who have been crap. It's just such a weird system of like what we live in now, of like, yeah, these teams are shit, but everyone is kind of equally shit and equally good, just all in phases.
0: Yeah, it really is such a cliff after the top six. Like just in terms of underlying stats, in terms of actual stats, money, like their budgets and everything. Like it's, it's a fucking drop off and a half. Um, but to t- switch it over, Huddersfield are officially relegated. Fulham are greater than
1: 99% projected to be relegated. Oh, well they, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Watford just got a third against them.
0: Oh, so they're going to be relegated by the time this come out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Cause they've got, So at the moment, they're on 17 points. Burnley are 16 points ahead with 18 points left to play for. Um, Cardiff, you know, if Cardiff can go get a couple of wins, they can put pressure on Burnley. Absolutely. Yeah, because they're they're You know, they've got a game in hand and they're five points off. Um, Stranger things can happen right
0: now. Five thirty eight has them at 85 percent to go down for Cardiff. So that's pretty fucking high. Burnley at nine, Brighton at five, everyone else less than one. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you guys are probably okay, Chuck. Um,
2: Yay! Are Fulham in big trouble when they go down? Like, they've spent so much money, are they just going to plummet now?
1: I don't think they can hold on to those players, because you, they they spent, were, were they the second highest spending team yeah, this year? Or, if, because you
2: because look, they had- if you look at Huddersfield, theoretically, they don't lose anyone. Like, they might lose, like, Aaron Moy might get picked up by someone. You might have like Pritchard get picked up by someone.
1: But they keep Maybe their, a couple of the defenders, yeah. Yeah,
2: they keep their team who are theoretically on pretty low wages anyway. Fulham get gutted and lose a lot of money.
0: Yeah, Fulham're gonna get gutted. There's a lot of That's the fucking weird thing, man. There's a lot of good players on Fulham.
1: It's a mercenary kind of style of team of just patching it together. Because they, they had to, because I remember when when they came up, like last year, they had quite a lot of loan players or people they had to sell off. Yeah. Um, and so when they, I remember when they came into the FPL game, I think they only had 13 registered players that you could pick from. And so they had to buy that many players as well. And obviously there's some where they can make some money on and, and sell them off, but it could end up exactly like you said, Dave. It could end up with a similar situation where they fall through the trapdoor because they sell off all these high high-priced players, have to buy in again a load of players. Which who are they going to buy? Who wants to go play in the championship? Like those
0: types of players are already on teams.
1: Um, you get a lot of players that are you know. You obviously you get the. Um, Premier League loan players out you get a lot of people that do want to make the move to England that kind of get promised it as a springboard that effectively you know um, Peterborough had it for quite a few years that they would sign players with the intention and telling them like look once you get a good offer you can go so they had a lot of players come in for a couple of seasons that would score 20-25 goals but then be sold instantly. Mm-hmm. um Dwight Gale comes to mind with that he scored 30 goals for him I think in a season but then straight away was sold off to Palace and so that, just after we went up to the Premier League so you do get that kind of as a stepping stone yeah um, although
0: the Chelsea loan army is going to be significantly smaller because of the transfer window ban and
1: all that maybe so, like, Chelsea buy Fulham maybe that's how they get around <laughs> it I don't know
0: I genuinely don't understand like Sure, Fulham are crap, and they're all mercenaries, and it's a patchwork team, and all of the things we just said. They still don't seem to be precipitously worse than everybody else. Like, they're in the same level as Huddersfield in terms of being so much more shit than all the other shit teams. And it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I can't put those two things together.
1: No, especially when you when you look at the last couple of seasons of the relegated teams. So, at the minute, like we've said, you've got Huddersfield on fourteen. Fulham on 17, and then Cardiff on, what is it, 28? 28, yeah. So two seasons ago, when it was Hull, Middlesbrough, and Sunderland, they finished on 24-28-34. So kind of similar in structure, but none of them quite as bad. And that's unbelievable to think that Sunderland team was better than Huddersfield. (laughs) But then last season, if you look at it, the teams that got relegated, it was 31-33-33. Oof, that's harsh. So we're really close and a and a much higher standard, so seventeen fucking points. Like they're not that doesn't bad. make any sense. It's so bad.
2: And minus forty-three goal difference.
1: Oh. Forty three. Seventy-two goals. They've conceded thirteen more goals than Huddersfield.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh going off XGA
1: Fulham are by far the worst. They're on sixty three. No one else is even above 56. So they're outperforming even being shit. That's what's impressive. So, yeah, like, I guess it's their defense, right? Like, their defense is just so astronomically bad. I think it's everything. I think they had a really bad time because of the way they handled the Jukanovich, um firing. I don't think Ranieri was the best person to get in. And then, obviously, they've just got rid of him as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And then having... Uh, what's his name? Scott Parker? No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having Scott Parker in is potentially that's obviously a a higher ring for the championship because even a few games ago there was nothing he could do because they had they you know they've had some really tough opposition you know they just played um Leicester away i think his three games have been Leicester away Liverpool at home and Man City at home maybe if he had four then the other one was Chelsea so he he basically had no chance whatever so it it makes sense that he's been brought in to kind of bring back a bit more of a kind of club spirit about it. Someone who knows what's going on and can use like the youth players because they know, like they said, they're going to have to sell off so many of these guys. But
0: yeah, that's bad. It's really bad. Well, to take it to the other two teams really in the race, at least in terms of the projections, the only two that are, are of significance. Cardiff currently on 28 and Burnley right above them on 33. You have, if you're Cardiff right here, you have to be looking at that Chelsea match and the way in which they lost it while Burnley won and be thinking that you are you got fucked by the yeah. refs because that has very, very serious relegation race implications. Like if they were still only two points behind Burnley, like it wouldn't be 85 and nine if it was only two
1: points. So I guess this might be a good place to bring in and talk about the refereeing and the VAR stuff. It's unbelievable. I mean, we didn't actually speak about it a couple of weeks ago, but there was, I'm pretty sure there were two big ones one weekend, maybe two or three weeks ago. And it was a Newcastle goal, I think, where there were like four or five players offside. Yeah, well, that's what the Chelsea goal match was in this match. It wasn't even close. And you think, okay, one player, you know, when they when they show it and you look straight down the line and there's a, a small amount, you know, like the leg is poking out or his head is over, but it's come from two players running. So it's at speed. So it is, it can be kind of tough with that to get the perception, right? But when you've got three, four, five players distinctly offside and nothing happens, it's, it's disgusting. And it just makes you think like bring in all the robot refs, like bring in all the cameras, use it all and just make sure these absolute dumbass things don't happen anymore.
0: I think this match is a perfect highlight of why I, at least for myself, I stand very much in favor of VAR. And Dave, I know you have mixed feelings, so I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about <sighs> this in a second. But if you see the picture of Aspie Laquetta's goal, three Chelsea players are ridiculously offside. Very, very, very far offside. And Miles I don't know offside. if you saw this on Twitter. Miles offside, yes. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but the reason that the linesmen did not see those players and how ridiculously offside they were. Is because, and they put this together from all the different camera angles and using, like, a virtual reality thing. <laughs> oh, I feel that. <thought> <laughs> yeah. The linesman was stood behind William's afro. <laughs> <laughs> and so, William's giant hair blocked his line of sight. And, like, we're laughing because that is really funny. But, like, that's the kind of thing that can happen in real time that you can't, like, what are you going to do there? The linesman just couldn't see. So, he's not going to... Raises flag. That's not the referee's job to see who's offside. He's watching ninety other things, and so like, perfect example of oh man, if only we could take it back and have a quick look. Clearly, this was offside. Clearly, this goal shouldn't stand. And there was other incidents like Chelsea should have conceded about three penalties by my count. Like it, it, we got very very lucky with the refereeing, which was dog shit. But what are you gonna do? There's no way to anticipate that William's gonna be in front of him, and like it clearly is the reason that goal
1: stood and we won. Is this the only reason why David Luiz is still in the team as well? Has this been <laughs> Chelsea's plan all along? Is You get Willian, you get Luiz, you get Ampadu, and you just have three players there that can act as blockers for the ref. Like, <laughs> going for the big hair brigade. I really want Willian to like, somehow score, just score a goal and then just run over and just stand in front of the linesman as a celebration. Now. Yeah. Like, that would be amazing. That's what I want to If Fellaini hadn't cut his hair off, he'd probably be making his way to Chelsea right now. It was the source of all his power. Doesn't he play in Turkey now or Japan or... China, China. China, I thought.
0: But Dave, you have, as someone who has been watching a league that already has VAR in place in Australia. Yep. I've seen your tweets. You have very mixed feelings, let's say, about VAR. So I'm curious to hear someone who has more experience, who isn't just fully on board the way me and Chuck are, where we're just like sucking off the idea of VAR and being like, yeah, yeah, baby, that's good stuff. Like, going bulls deep. Give us the other side. Yeah. Give us the other per- the other perspective here.
2: All right, so Australia has had VAR for exactly two years. I looked it up. It actually started two years tomorrow. Oh. So that Chelsea goal is a perfect example of why you need VAR, right? Yep. Like, it's obviously offside. Something happened. to block the ref. Fine, perfect. But there's so many situations where it's like, why was this VAR or why wasn't this VAR that just drive fans insane? So there's one piece of law in the Australian laws that make it very, very complicated, and it's a term that says, Is this a clear and obvious error? Yep. Not just an error, is it clear and obvious? And that get that's another grey area compacted on top of grey areas of rules that we already have. Yeah. So it's like a handball. Is it hand to ball? Is it from his side? Is he playing at the ball? And then did the ref make that a clear and obvious error or did he not? And it just drives people insane about like, what can they rule on? What can't they rule on? Why was it ruled on this time? Why wasn't it ruled on this time? It just builds confusion on top of confusion, even for a television audience, let alone people in the stadium who don't see replays
1: well they've they've actually announced today so I don't know whether you'd have seen this because it it literally would have happened while you're asleep but the var because they they've had the var in in FA cup here which obviously we've had problems with because it's so inconsistent but now it's at the semi final stage they are doing the VAR replays for everyone and they will actually be shown to the crowd um, on the, screens, the big yeah. screen only when, when it's, it's overturned there. though but i but I completely agree with that that point that you've made there Dave and, and it happened here on TV for a while and I believe it was Shearer was talking about it at one point is exactly that is that the clear and obvious error wording that doesn't really mean anything because any and it in a way it does and it doesn't because it still plays into the referee being able to go no I don't think I made a clear obvious mistake there and so yeah. the the human perception angle or the human error angle can still be can still be within that
0: well i don't think you'll ever obviously get rid of the human perspective of it um and I, so i think t- the way i interpret it and i guess this is already part of the problem is that now i'm interpreting something but the way i interpret that idea of clear and obvious error is that like okay let the call stand unless like it's really clearly a fucking mistake if it's a borderline call don't overturn it even if it's probably the wrong call but that if doesn't it's like, happen
2: they'll choose what they want to decide so There was a Melbourne derby earlier in the season. There was a free kick given to one team, and it went to VAR. Everyone in the stadium assumed they were overturning the free kick because it was a dive, not a free kick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, they were overturning there was a free kick to a penalty because it was on the line of the box.
1: Oh, Okay. okay.
2: So you get things like that happening where it's gone to VAR, you're not sure why it's gone to VAR, and then it gets overturned to a decision you don't understand. They almost need to bring in the NFL style decision, like explanations.
1: Yeah, where he like has the microphone and he announces it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I think the communication element is is massive in it, and and it should be clear and obvious why they are going to VAR. But is with that, and obviously this has been an issue because people say it's overriding the referee, but. The clear and obvious part, well, surely that should come from someone in his headset that would say to him, no, you have missed something there. You need to look at it again. Yeah, because that's what the five guys in the room are for. Yeah.
2: There's also this thing of like, sometimes they go and view the footage. Sometimes they'll just take advice from the person in their earpiece.
1: Yeah, that I don't get the inconsistency then of what is where is that coming from? And if you're not, that's when the referee isn't referee in the game he's getting something in his ear and then changes decisions i've seen that a few times can't remember yeah, exactly yeah, where yeah. but i i don't agree with that when they just go to an earpiece uh, unless it's the linesman who's di- who's directly there and, yeah. they're, and they're just talking to each other quickly and
2: the thing that will make everyone blow up because this is what really happens here as well is those offside calls where it's a marginal call and you'll get flags offside now Linesmen will start letting that go, let a player score, and then raise his flag to go to VAR. So you'll have a whole stadium celebrating and then it'll get stopped and brought back and reviewed. And it ruins that feeling, that atmosphere, because every time it's, there's a, a marginal call, you're like, Do I celebrate? Do I wait for VAR? What, what am I doing? So
1: he so the, and the linesmen don't want to make that mistake. Well, because that's what they're told, right? Like let it play yeah, told, and then oh, don't we'll call raise it back. your flag.
2: Let it go to VAR yeah,
1: exactly because they're not going to so say for example in that situation linesman flags for offside player uh, and it gets blown you know they're not then going to yeah. go to VAR for that and give something to the attacking player that's never going to happen yeah so it is always going to favour a different way
2: and the whole VAR thing it brings every small thing under so much more scrutiny I think that's the thing people forget like people go like oh, VAR will solve this problem, this problem, this problem. But then it's like, all right, the Aspie goal, obvious error, we fix that. But then it's like, oh, that tug in the box, how come that didn't go to VAR? the mm. like What are the re- like, It went to VAR for Man U, but it didn't go to VAR for Fulham. Are mm. we now, like, you get that whole big teams are getting the rub of the green even yeah. more.
1: and also what happens on corners if, you know, let's say it's Man United versus Fulham, like you said, and on a corner there's one Man United play- pull up, player pulling a Fulham player and then there's another Fulham player pulling a Man United player and then there's a second yeah. Fulham player pulling a Man United player so how does that work is it all oh, those fouls completely cancel each other out or because Fulham are committing two fouls one foul that, yeah, that's I see where it gets saying, complicated I I think for me you
2: change you're changing one set of problems for another set of problems but I think the problems you get from like just refs like not having VAR people are a lot more accepting of those mistakes because there's a human involved. When you start bringing in VAR, people almost act like this should be perfect across the board.
1: Which is absolutely stupid because, as we all know, it's still a human doing it. It's not all of a sudden the computer yeah. telling people. So, But that's but you're right. People will get more critical because it, because it has that.
0: See, but I don't see that as an argument against because like idiot fans being idiots and not understanding things it's is part like- of life. Idiot it's just people, part of life, idiot right? So, like, not that's not a reason to not do VAR. Is because it's going to piss off idiots.
2: Like, I think you'll see some fans who are slightly more even keeled get annoyed at some VAR decisions as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I will be annoyed at certain VAR decisions. I don't. I'm not pretending that it's going to be perfect or that I won't get pissed off at it from time to time. I guess my question to you, since you again, since you have more experience with it, is like, do you think that the benefits outweigh? the costs in terms of like getting more calls correct or do you think that it just makes everything fucking worse and you wish that it didn't exist at all
2: i think the benefits work if it's done properly okay australia has the problem where we already have bad refs (laughs) so the first season we had it there were refs at every ground watching monitors and they were the var then in a grand final There was a situation where the VAR failed on the game-winning goal. There were two minutes where the VAR just collapsed. Right. Everything went out. So they're like, all right, we're going to move it to a central location where we have two – I think they have three refs who are VAR trained who watch every match to keep consistency.
0: Yeah, which I think is what they're going to do in England.
2: But that would be so much harder in England when you have – 10 games on at the same day
1: yeah if you didn't have games on at the same time that'll work because you can't have five because if you think about it although it would be unlikely in in five games you could have two three incidents about the same time or the overlap yeah so it can then lead to a two three minute delay after the the incident has happened where the game has gone on and then the VAR guys go oh actually you should go back for that. and it yeah that can't happen That's, and the that other is problem
2: ridiculous. is like every ref has like a certain style that they ref to, and I'm sure Premier League teams have, like, set out to their players, like, this guy is this, or this guy is this. Like, he will give cards early on in the game as soon as you touch a player, don't touch players.
1: I can completely believe that, yeah.
2: But you have, like, that, and then you have someone in the VAR suite who has a whole other interpretation of rules, and it's like, you've got this guy doing one thing, and then the VAR telling you a different thing. It just gets it's adding complication on top of complication in a lot of times.
0: Okay, and I, I guess the things you're saying doesn't bode super well for England because they also have we terrible have w- fucking yes. referees. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: Like, I'm picturing Mike like, it Dean, might be, like... It might be better if, like, when they take out some of these grey areas in the official rules as well. Like, they're changing handballs and stuff like that. But, yeah, it, VAR's fine, but when it messes up, it feels so much worse for you as a fan when it goes against you. That's the major problem.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, I'm curious to see then how it works. Hopefully, with anything, the, the, it only works if it's implemented well, right? Yeah. So hopefully it does get implemented pretty well. They iron out the kinks. I'd imagine the first year is going to be rough sailing, um, and then they'll slowly start to get better at it.
2: I I don't know, because like, in the World Cup, it was fine.
1: Yeah, it was great in the World Cup. The World Cup was fantastic, but it had dedicated refs dedicated games yeah. and they all wore the same kit and it was amazing <laughs> yeah.
2: that's the major plus point of VAR is a bunch of grown men
1: in four kids in a room <laughs> I wonder if they wear shin pads it, oh, it's like fuck. in baseball where the manager
0: wears a baseball uniform even though he's like 70 years old and has a beer belly <laughs> it's my favourite it's the only sport where the coach wears the players the same uniform as the players that I can think of
1: yeah long gone are the days of the player manager in the Premier League my man oh yeah.
0: fuck All right, well, we were going to talk a bit of title race, but that really, really good conversation, honestly, went a little longer than we were planning. And it does just look like a very tight race, so I don't know that it's worth necessarily getting into right now. Um, It's City and Liverpool. If just a quick uh, touch on the stats, City are still 60% projected, Liverpool 40%, so that's basically a toss-up, slightly in City's favor, um, mostly because of schedule. Uh, but we're very curious to check in on that in a couple of weeks and see if it still keeps going. It looks like, in terms of the projections, City are projected to 94 points and Liverpool are projected to 93. And that's about what they're on pace for. Um, It's not that far off. One of these two teams is going to have, like, in the top five of point totals ever – and going to come in
1: second place. Unless there's a catastrophic failure between now and the end. Like, Oh, God, that would be such a Liverpool thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the most Liverpool-y Liverpool in Liverpool land. Yeah. Oh, that's what's going to happen. Can you imagine they get
0: 99 points but come in second because City gets 100? Like, <laughs> uh, So we'll keep an eye on that. But like, one of those two teams is going to be really fucking hard done by because it's going to be by far the best ever second place team. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. And I think it's a bit of an understatement to say that as a football podcast, we're going to be keeping an eye on who wins the league.
0: (laughs) Fine. Fair enough. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the soccer talk. So let's go ahead and start talking about socks and sandwiches. Chuck, take it away.
1: Yeah. So usually this is Ian's segment, Ian's corner, um, Muller corner, Thomas Muller, Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, Connections. What? Uh, Where we... You get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and the emails. Um, Just also a quick shout out for all of you Patreons. Thank you for your continued pledges. And as well, we have a new Patreon. That's where Ian will add in a jingle. Or just leave that. Probably not.
0: That's probably good.
1: Um, Mr. Patrick Butner. Woo!
0: We have an American patron. Hello! Oh, is he American? Yeah, uh, he's actually a friend of mine. I think, oh, honestly, yay. he doesn't really watch the Premier League. He's a Patreon for the nerdy Newsstand specifically.
1: Mate, to be honest, the, people are getting the most value out of that, so <laughs> that's, like, I'm, I'm happy for that. That's yeah. a very good, you're, you're too good to people, if anything, on that section.
0: Well, you know, I give the people what they want. Also, I just want to talk about nerdy stuff for a half hour a week, anywhere, even if it's just to an empty room.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's your half hour of nerdy stuff for the week. Yeah, that's
1: the only, that's the only time. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, there's definitely not an R2-D2 Mickey Mouse head behind you.
1: <laughs> oh, shit!
0: Yeah. yeah, I we did this last week. He didn't make the pod, but I'm within reaching distance. Without moving my chair, I can grab about 15 Star
1: Wars-related things, including Christmas lights in the shape of R2-D2, so... Oh, my
2: God.
0: Yeah, that's
1: weird that you have Christmas lights, and wasn't there a reindeer or something? And
0: Yeah, the singing reindeer. Shall I play it? Ian can just cut this again, but... It's April. I always have this ready to go. You never know when you need some Christmas spirit. Chuck's on my side on this one. I know that. I can listen to Christmas songs all year long. Yeah, I think for sure. hundred percent. Oh, Dave, we have an Australian on. I've always wanted to ask, what's it like having Christmas in the middle of summer? That seems so fucking weird to me.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's one of me, so I've never had it in the middle of winter.
0: So when you hear all these like songs about like winter wonderland and snow and Christmas and all that, does that just like... Seem really weird to you?
1: Do you guys try to pretend? Yeah, it doesn't
2: really do much for you. Kind of, yeah. But we get to go to the beach and have barbecues on, like. What do you Christmas do? You,
1: do you actually barbecue anything different to normal, or like, do you, do you have different food, or is it just really that it becomes more of a party because it's like, like you said, you're on the beach and having a barbecue.
2: So seafood, if it's huge, like, there's a lot of seafood at Christmas.
1: You
0: put shrimp on the barbie.
2: Yeah. So you like seafood? Like, yeah.
1: You fucking dick. <laughs>
2: Um, no, I don't know, you just have, like, prawns and stuff on a barbecue, and then there's always, like, the roast, or whatever, if, unless
1: it's, like, a 40 degree day and no one wants to cook. Yeah, no one wants to roast as well, that's, that's a hefty meal.
2: But then, like, because I'm Italian, we always did the Italian Christmas stuff, so I don't even do the barbecue.
1: Hold on, hold on, what's the Italian Christmas stuff?
2: No, but, like, you know, your lasagna and all that, and everything, and, like, seven course meal. Bloody hell. That sounds delightful. I'm coming around to your
0: house for Christmas. Seven courses of Italian food.
2: Look, you could say you're me and they wouldn't know the difference because they fucking pay no attention to my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Dave shaved. Cool. That's the same guy.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, questions. Uh, we had some questions. Yeah, we got yeah. one this week. Uh, we want to give him a shout out because last week we kind of... Uh, overrid him on our game of thrones episode go back and listen to that to get psyched up for the new series i know i have which has been i've watched a season and a half in a week
2: there you Um, go that's my kind of piece i've watched half an episode in my whole life
0: oh so you didn't listen to last week's part probably
2: (laughs) yeah i actually listened to it because i was driving home from uni and it was in my playlist i was like i can't it. (laughs) love it
1: i'm putting that in our reviews (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't be bothered not be bothered, to skip bothered it. skipping it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Five starts. That's going on the posters when we get famous. That and three men talking. That's what we came for. Yeah, th- literally three people talking. Literally three people talking.
0: Now, Ian would be angry if I didn't jump in here and say, reach us at MilesOffside on Twitter, at MilesOffside on Facebook? Facebook slash MilesOffside? I don't know. And MilesOffsidePod at gmail.com.
1: Is it not gmail.com forward slash MilesOffside email? <laughs> only when you're the one reading it yeah i still haven't tried typing it in you never know it might work um, so resident punching bag adam p asked if ryan fraser signed for arsenal would him and ozil be the greatest example of an odd couple to line up together in the league i mean there's a lot to unpack there is it, are you saying they're an odd couple because one looks like a squashed frog and one has the eyes of a turkish fish lesbian
0: Well, they're both aquatic animals, so I guess they're not that odd in that regard. Yeah,
1: I suppose. uh, That's just a couple.
0: So are we thinking it's an odd couple because one's really good, one's really bad? Is it because one's expensive and one isn't? Like,
1: what do we think he means uh, by that? Yeah, I suppose is it just because one's doing well and one's doing shit? Um, One actually plays and one just plays Fortnite? Um, I don't know. Premier League odd couples, it, it always goes back to kind of the little and large strikers, really, doesn't it? Like... I mean, Peter Crouch and Jermaine Defoe instantly comes to mind.
0: Yeah, that was a that was definitely a sight to see when they were next to each other on the pitch.
1: Balotelli, David Silva, Ooh, Balotelli, yeah. and, and most people probably just for the, apart from Sergio Aguero, because that was his one assist. True. I from the Chelsea perspective,
0: I think of like N'Golo Conte and Diego Costa being on the same team, and like the most likable player in the league and the least likable player in the league, and that makes a bit of an odd pairing.
2: Conte and Jorginho? yep
0: well the less we talk about Jorginho the better i was glad we didn't have to get stuck on chelsea for too <laughs> no, long this week
1: didn't want to do another chelsea pod no nope. yeah david
2: louise and gary cahill
0: that is an odd couple like cahill's like a very i could <laughs>
1: imagine two people more
2: different
0: yeah just completely different personalities different looks everything about him is just completely insane yeah that's not bad what about you dave you have anything from sheffield wednesday that kind of comes to mind
2: Oh no! We just got a bunch of really crap
1: players. Hey, you got Barry Bannon, all right? Barry ba- Barry Bannon and Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, Bannon. Stephen Fletcher's still playing, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's on a lot of money and hasn't done all that much.
1: How is Sheffield? Let's check in with you. How is Sheffield Wednesday doing this season?
2: Ah uh, shit! We've sacked the manager and now we have Steve Bruce in charge. Ooh, I'm not happy about it. No, you shouldn't be.
0: So we're we going to be seeing you guys in the prem next season, or what?
2: Nah, we had a hot. We'll end up mid table, and we're under financial fair play, so we can't even bring in any new players. Oh man!
1: Hey, that's two. Of, that's two of you now, Oscar. You've got a friend. You got a transfer band yeah. friend.
2: <laughs> I don't think we have transfer band. I just don't think we have any money to actually spend.
1: <laughs> so a bit of a Spurs situation, more so. Yeah, they just pretend. They go, oh, oh FIFA. Oh, they're getting f- us. <laughs> oh, the bugger. Oh.
2: Everyone buy more John West so we have some money.
1: <laughs> Overloading on tuna. What? Yeah, that's who we're owned by. Amazing. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. Oh, what about what about Birmingham? And um? there's the odd couple, Harry Redknapp and Birmingham City. Weird that he leaves and all of a sudden they're in financial trouble as well. Shocked. It's everywhere. Shock. It's rife. But he was on I'm a Celebrity so everyone loves him now. There's some bad situations. Bolton in real problems with like Players not getting paid and It's that getting kicked out of the
2: Premier League. It's killer. Like it might not kill you straight away, but it gets you eventually. Do
0: you think Sheffield Wednesday will be up in the Prem anytime soon or
2: No, nah, we we had two seasons in the playoffs and screwed them both up and that was probably our chance.
0: That sucks. Well maybe Peterborough will be joining you guys soon. Or Palace. A fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> A fuck off.
2: Oh, don't even start with Wednesday Palace. That's a whole other thing that we're not getting into. <laughs> oh, let's get into it. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. How many years ago was it? Uh, that was 2010, 2009, 2010.
2: Yeah. Last game of the season, loser went down.
1: Yeah, it was It was loser went down. No, Palace only had to draw. I think if Palace lost, then we were down. If we drew, then Wednesday were down. And it was also because of that that... Um, palace then it still existed as a club because we stayed in the championship and could then rebuild and then go forward because we're we were in all sorts of troubles
0: all right well hopefully dave you'll get your revenge next year when palace get relegated fuck off <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what would they lose their only decent player to man united Bissaka or zaha which one do you mean yeah Bissaka. 34 million pounds to man united
1: no surely no you wouldn't go man united is that happening?
2: I didn't hear about that. I heard that rumoured yesterday somewhere.
1: I suppose you think what Solskjaer is doing with younger players that makes sense.
2: And he would be replacing
1: Valencia, who's old. Yeah, I mean that that just is obvious. That oh, I don't want to. No, <laughs> no, no. I'll ring Maybe Ali
2: maybe he'll and... d- maybe, d- maybe he'll do a Zaha like fuck Solskjaer's daughter and then come back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if he, if he does do a Zaha, uh-huh, then he'll go there for like 30 million. He'll fuck Solskjaer's daughter, not play for a while, go on loan to Cardiff, and then two years later, we'll buy him back for less than we sold him for.
0: That's the stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff right there.
1: Like, I, I, can, I, can, I can manage that.
0: All right, well, we have one, another question to just abruptly change um, from Carmen, one of our Patreons, so I feel it'd be good to. Respect that. She sent a bunch of questions, but the one that jumps out to me, and I didn't tell you guys I was going to be bringing this up, so this will hopefully cause some real controversy. What country has the better bars? It was originally supposed to be UK and US. Let's throw Australia in there. Which one of us has the best bar slash pubs?
2: I mean, we're known for one thing. Give us this one thing, please.
1: (laughs) What, alcoholism? Yeah. Uh, The problem is, Dave, is that neither of us have been to Australia. That's true. We can't verify. Yeah, think,
2: think, think about this: like warm nights in a beer garden, a whole bunch of beers on tap. You're good to go.
1: That sounds like here. I can imagine it's good. Yeah, it's it's very uh, all here for like a couple of weeks every year. Um,
2: yeah, but we're not we're not lying to ourselves that it's warm. It's actually warm here.
1: <laughs> it's just oh, the the degrees are in double digits. Let's yeah. take our clothes off. Um, I definitely think sports bars like the US has everyone nailed on that. Like there's there's no better public space to watch sports than than the US sports bars.
2: Yeah, but US sports sports bars don't have bookies in the bar.
1: That is true. Not yet. Not <laughs> oh, yet. God. They did legalize gambling on a federal level, so that might be coming soon. But... After after my years of gambling, I'm, I'm not for that. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past that now. Like, well, I mean, no one
2: has that name. You just have it on your phone, right?
1: Well, yeah, this is true.
2: Yeah.
0: Dave, is there a sports bar culture down there? Like, do people get together to watch the Premier League? Uh,
2: Well, yeah, but so Premier League, because it's like midnight kickoffs.
1: Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Everyone's already battered, so...
2: Everyone's already battered, and people will... There's a lot of fan groups, because there's, like, a lot of British expats and stuff here.
0: Yeah, same here. So,
2: you have certain bars that have, like, there'll be an Arsenal bar, there'll be a Man United bar, there'll be a Tottenham bar, and stuff like that.
0: That's nice. All right, well, when I go visit you, we'll have to
2: go to the Chelsea bar together. Yeah, no, I'm not going in there. (laughs) (laughs) Every British bar just has Australians working there anyway. So, even if Britain win, we still win. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there aren't so many australians now like that that era of influx has changed like there was australians for a long time and then it was like south africans for ages and now it's just kind of then moved around to different european countries and now just no one no one works in any pubs
0: well it's because you guys are kicking everyone out
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yay. i have to say of the like one of my favorite
0: things about going to england is the like very specific type of pub that exists in england that i haven't really found anywhere else in my travels which is like really tiny and cramped and old but you can feel the fucking history in the wood and the yeah, seats and, and it's like...
1: like shut up and drink your drink that right kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah, exactly like there is there is a few of those here
1: yeah it's like you walk in and everyone turns around and stares at you like like how dare you enter this place
0: yeah and even like the more touristy ones like in covent garden or like you can feel the hit you're like oh shit dickens drank here like that's cool you know and we did a pub tour when we were there and we went to like five or six like really really old pubs which we don't have anything like that in the US there's nothing older than like you know it, literally the oldest stuff is like 1700s but like yeah. most things are like 1850 if if you see a building that's from 1850 it's like really old over here and in in London it's like that's just a regular fucking place like yeah that's like my house so, <laughs> to being able to go to, like, an English pub with a ton of history, to me, was really, really cool. Do you guys have anything like that? We don't have anything like that in the US, but you were saying Australia kind of does?
2: Like, we we have, like, fake versions of that. Like, we have the English pubs that are set up to look like that, but don't have a history necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, like, we do have that style of pub because there are so, like, obviously British people in Australia set it up.
0: So, what's the best type of Australian bar, then? Or pub.
2: Australian bars are weird because everyone has food, which I feel like is a very Australian thing. You can go to any pub and you can order, like, dinner.
1: Yeah, that sounds normal to me. Yeah? Certainly in the US, yeah. Yeah, that's normal. You can always get something, like always a roast on a Sunday, always a few bits, like... You can at least get some appetizers, but usually there's, like, a full menu, yeah.
2: We have a whole mix of stuff, like... It just depends what you want, like... So, Melbourne's a very foodie and drinky city
1: it's hipster okay so you hipsters, can find yeah, exactly. whatever
2: you want you can find whatever you
1: want here and there's something to do i think just what what is the ultimate crux of it is is as long as it has four walls and alcohol like <laughs> it's good
2: <laughs> I, and not too expensive which is our problem
0: same here
1: and london too for that matter
2: dude you're there's no way america's even close to what we
1: have to spend on booze yeah this is true australia's big time australia's more than us
2: yeah Um, so what, like, to get a pint of beer is about $13?
1: Holy shit. And it's, I think it's like one and a half Australian dollars to US.
0: Yeah, 13 Australian dollars comes out to $9.19 I just went on Google. That's fucking absurd. My god, I think you guys have to come in last place just for that. (laughs) That's insane.
2: (laughs) It's all, it's all tax. So, you know, have to pay a lot for booze, but... Universal healthcare.
0: Yeah, (laughs) cheap booze, you know. Who needs healthcare when you can just drink your problems away?
2: Yeah. Well, I think,
0: honestly, for me, I'm going to give it to England. But that's just because I think those old pubs are cool. Yeah, but they also drink Fosters, which relegates them completely out of it. No one actually drinks Fosters
1: except people who go to Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) He does. This guy. I drink shit beer. I'm sitting here drinking Bud Light. I was so happy when this came over here. Oh, amazing. (laughs) For a hipster, you have shit tasting beer. I d I don't like fucking craft beer, it's all bollocks. I want something No, but that's...
2: he's gone he's gone super hipster that he's now like gone past the ironic craft beer to the ironic foreign not fancy beer. Do
1: you wanna fuck off with your framed big Lebowski poster behind you? <laughs> you fucking prick. Don't give me that. Um, I like drinking beer, I like drinking a lot of beer. The less alcohol it has in it, the more I can drink. Logic. Fair enough.
0: All right. Well, that does it for listener questions for this week. So, Chuck, do you have an update for us on the
1: predicted league? League of predictions haven't done it in a while and it's mostly irrelevant because by the time this episode comes out, there would have been more games and the scores will have changed. Predicted <laughs> league. Um, I had to do it, though, because obviously with Dave here and he gets to find out where he is. And also because Ian isn't here and I think that would be funny. So, Dave, you are currently mid-table anonymity in the Supreme at 13th place. Um, So, 13th place out of 21. I'm down in out of 22. Sorry, I'm in 19th, uh, which is not so good on 60 points. But it's all right because Oscar, you're back at the bottom, mate. You're back at the bottom, and not just are you back. Finley is eight points clear of you. You're on 74. Finley's on 66. Ian, get, get him back from North Korea, get him out of the DMZ. Like, he can't he can't <laughs> be there anymore. It, it's done. Um, but when we turn our attention to the top of the table, third place is Mr. Ian Stimpson. And he's not Ooh. here. And potentially, by the time this comes out, he won't be in third place anymore.
2: That's probably the highlight of his year he's missed out on.
1: Yep, yep. At some point in the top three, of a fairly insignificant competition in which there are 22 competitors, yes, that's probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. Um, That and reaching the age of 50. In second place is Raphael Briand. And in first place, resident punching bag, Mr. Adam P.
0: How close is it? Is Raph
1: going to catch him, or is it just going to be Adam for Uh, the rest of the way? It's 40 to 36 to 34, so it's all very, very close. I don't think anybody... Uh, off the top of my head, no one at any point has had a score of less than 34. So it seems to be kind of getting below that is quite difficult at this stage. Um, And, you know, there's a distinct correlation between people that have Wolves in 20th and people that are shit. hey (laughs) That's That's you. Um, Interesting to note, actually, having said that, that Carmen has Wolves 19th, but is still beating you by 26 points. Yeah, there it is. So you know, Carmen, if you're listening, if you'd just have wolves in a better position, you could have been in the top three very easily. But it's it shows how close this game is, and maybe how I should modify it for next year so that it's a bit better. Um,
0: yeah, and also maybe explain the rules to anyone because I don't <laughs> know. That
1: it, but the rules are easy. Just you were be just right. like fill out this the grid right, and you win.
2: Is it multipliers? You could get the end of season table exactly right.
1: I mean, I'm not multiplying the amount of cash I'm giving. Dave, someone. he's just making it up.
2: No, but if if you get the exact end of season table right...
0: Well, then you'd have a score of zero.
2: But there was one team throughout the year who screwed you over. Surely you should win.
0: No, so I don't think it's cumulative. I think it's like week to week, how close are you to what the table should be right now? If I understand the rules correctly, which I probably don't. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you get it
2: exactly right at the end of the season, you should get extra points taken off.
1: I think your score would be zero, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that would be a score of zero. I thought you just meant that your prize should increase or you should get something extra. Also that. I mean, Ian will give you his son. <laughs>
0: we're just chipping Finley around all that. He's week.
1: already sent him to the North Korean army, like yeah. it's fine, I'll speak to his missus. I'm sure we can smooth things over. I'll I'll buy a I don't know, a crockery set or something. I'll fill the void.
0: By the way, have you guys seen the scores from today? Real quick? Football scores. We were Fulham was playing, we were talking about how Fulham's defense is shit. Wanna care to guess? Oh god. <laughs> what
1: the scoreline was in Watford-Fulham? I did see earlier that it went to 3-1.
0: Okay, well, it ended
1: 4-1. Ah, <laughs> Dope. Yeah, Fulham
0: down. <laughs> and in the other match, United lost. United <laughs> lost <laughs> oh
1: to my Wolves. Ole out. Ole out. Ole out. Bring back Jose. No, just kidding. Never bring back Jose.
2: He was in London the other day. It's true. Just a short train trip back up.
1: Yeah. What if they just trade managers, right? Pochettino's supposed to be going to United, that's all the talk. Maybe they sign up Mourinho, just you know, trading places. Oh god, that's horrendous. That's that's a that's a horrible sequel to that film. It should stay as Dan Ackwoard <laughs> and Eddie Murphy, not as Jose Mourinho and Maurizio Pochettino. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's our predictor league. That's everything. We have got some more fixtures coming up. Obviously, we're in the middle of a double game week. and um, So this weekend, coming to you, we do have some good ones. um, Namely, uh, Liverpool against Southampton. That should be a bit of a Um, dick-in. Everton-Arsenal could be interesting. And Chelsea-West Ham. Chelsea got to be going for a win there, surely, Oscar.
0: It's at home, so more confident than not. On Monday, Monday night football.
1: Yeah. I suppose for you, Monday afternoon.
0: I, yeah, Monday at... What's 15? 3? Three? At 3pm 3 for our American <laughs> listeners. Eastern time. You guys in your fucking 24 hour time. I hate that shit. I look like, 1945? What the fuck time is that? Subtract five. Quarter to eight.
2: Now I'm like... Uh. It's not like you do maths or anything for a living.
1: <laughs> Statistician burn. There we go. And I think we should leave it at that. By the fact that Oscar can't tell the time on a 24 hour clock. And his wife... Just got her doctorate. Says a lot, really. Dave, thank you very, very much for getting up. It's such a ridiculous time in the morning and to talk to us. We really appreciate it, mate. So thank you. No problem, guys. And thanks for not calling me a <laughs> this time. Um, You're still a Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, Oscar, thank you as well, bud. Right. And thanks to all of you for listening. Go on the Patreon page. Give us all your money. I want to buy you some socks, please. Thanks very much, guys. Take care and goodbye. Bye.